Hey guys and welcome to a new episode of Five. Today I invited a very interesting founder from our network, Caro Kunat. Caro is the founder of Knistergrill and she started her business in 2017 and since then they are continuously growing. Caro previously studied industrial design at the Munich University of Applied Sciences, so this is a very inspiring story and let's just start our conversation. For us, entrepreneurship is not necessarily about starting or running a business. It's a state of mind, a principle of life, and an approach to dealing with problems. This is Five, your university podcast on female entrepreneurship by the Munich University of Applied Sciences and the Strasheg Center for Entrepreneurship. We strongly believe in diversity. It's just so much more fun and exciting. Diversity in food, in cultures, in places, ways of living, learning, creating and doing things. It's this desire to explore that we all have in us to see new things. And yes, to be curious to look what's behind the next corner. Hey, Carlo, and welcome to our new episode of Five. And uh, yeah, warm welcome uh, to this podcast episode. Thanks for having me here. Hi. <laughs> yeah. Would you want to start with telling who you are and What is it about your startup, Knister Grill? Yes, so my name is Caroline. I'm the founder of Knister Grill. And um, I started my company, yeah, actually nearly three and a half years ago. And I had the problem of how to transport my barbecue because I grew up in the city and I always had the issue like how to get to the grill location. And as an industrial designer, I studied industrial design in Munich and Denmark. I quickly more or less <laughs> developed um, the best transportable barbecue on the market. And I started my company with a Kickstarter campaign, yeah, three years ago actually, and then slowly grew the company, um, hired here and there, uh, yeah, some employees. And now we are, yeah, selling our products. In the whole Dach region, so Germany, Austria, Switzerland, and a little bit of Scandinavia already in like within thousands of thousands of quantities. And yeah, making simply the best barbecue experience for outdoor people. Yeah, it's it's a very, very cool product and I really like it <laughs> as I'm a bike enthusiast. So I always like things that can be carried on a bike. <laughs> and uh, actually, I think I, I thought I forgot to tell that actually, or did I? So the, the cool feature actually um, is that you can yeah carry the barbecue by bike. You can simply hook it to the handlebars or carry it like a basket. It's both it's possible. I think it's just the image that I have in my hand whenever I think yeah, about probably. the Knesset grill. <laughs> yeah, that's actually how the whole story started with the bike um, attachment thing. But nowadays, actually, it's not the main feature. We like oh, most of our main customers are like campers or camp like people who love camping and stuff. So the the initial feature actually is not that much in the focus anymore. When you introduced yourself, you said that you studied industrial design at the Munich University of Applied Science. As an industrial designer, I mean, you're pretty much used to develop products and ideas for problems. However, it's not maybe always so common to really put that into a startup business. And I think you founded Knister Grill in 2017, so st still while you were studying. Maybe tell us a bit um, how did that happen and how What was your yeah. motivation to start a business? And yeah. Um, yeah. 
So, um, it, like, no one in my family or in my, like, one of my friends or anyone, no one has their own business. When, I, like, back then in 2017, I didn't know anyone who had a startup or who was planning to make a startup or, you know, so there was, there was a thing that, like, never, ever, ever came in my mind. So the whole entrepreneurship scene, whatever, or trend, I had never heard anything about that. So my plan was in the beginning <laughs> not to find a startup. My plan was, oh, I'm an industrial designer and then I'm working for, I don't know, automotive concert or, or furniture companies or whatever and building cool, funny products. So that was actually my initial idea, how I planned my life, <laughs> I would say. <laughs> but yeah, back then in Denmark, in Unse, uh, in 2017, that was November uh, 2017, my roommate from my uh, dormitory, he invited me to a, a like startup hackathon competition thing. That was like one weekend where you uh, yeah push your business ideas. And in the beginning, actually, I didn't really want to join and he gave me a, like a free uh, entry card. And I was like, oh, come on, I, actually, I don't have time. I mean, I'm on Erasmus semester, like, why the hell should I work a whole weekend? You know, it's exhausting and it takes a lot of energy. But I don't know, somehow he managed that I <laughs> yeah, exit uh, or that I went to this workshop and um, to this hackathon competition. And I had the idea of a transportable barbecue a few years earlier, actually, but I never like developed it or anything. But in the beginning of that hackathon, yeah, everyone had to pitch their idea and I pitched like a one minute pitch like oh, I want to work on a transportable barbecue so that was my pitch actually <laughs> um so all, all like the idea I wanted to work on because I like really had this problem like every summer for years and years and years like it's always a problem of of grilling so I pitched this idea and um worked on that idea this hackathon weekend Whole ha this whole weekend and in the end of that uh, hackathon weekend i actually won that competition with that idea so um yeah that idea was selected i was like okay wow crazy <laughs> and that hackathon and um, it's like it's from startup weekend it's an international organization it's pretty famous actually and i had so much fun like with developing a business idea and making like s small prototypes and i don't know sketching around a business model or thinking about marketing ideas and it was so cool it was so cool environment and i said okay that's actually really funny and uh, yeah that's actually that's exactly what i want to do um and there was like november 20 2017 and yeah like then was christmas holidays i went back to germany and the whole idea more or less i don't know nearly stopped and um but i was back in germany then and during that weekend i had two other uh, people in my team who joined my team and but the, the team um yeah went apart actually because there was two danish people and they stayed in denmark i went back to munich but i really like i always stick to that idea and i thought okay fuck, this is this could be something you know and i worked like the past weeks on that idea and then i went back to germany and i really kind of stick to it i don't know and said okay i'm just trying to bring it to the market i had no idea how that worked really no idea <laughs> i had no idea of business i had no idea about finance or founding a company anything but i went back to germany i said okay i want to develop it development is not the most difficult thing for me because i mean i learned it i studied that and uh, but bringing something to mass production is yeah the critical point actually 
And then I joined the SCE because I'm, yeah, I was super into the startup hype. I was super into it, the entrepreneurship thing. And I, I joined SCE, the Strategic Center. And they gave me a um, yeah, workplace in their incubator. And that was in, yeah, April, yeah, April 2018, I think. And that's when I started, um, yeah, working on Knister Grill. And then I made a Kickstarter campaign and yeah, developed the product within a few months, brought it within a few months to serial production and shipped out the first hundred grills. I funded over a Kickstarter, yeah, on my own. And, um, yeah, that was kind of the start of that idea. I thought, okay, there, I think on Kickstarter, it's not that much money. I think I raised like 17,000. So not that much, but I thought, okay, there's like, 150, 140, I don't know, customers who like pay for that idea. So it, there's definitely somehow a market or somehow a need for that. And that's why I believed in that idea and continued working on it. So the Kickstarter, as I understood for you, was not only about raising the initial money to produce the grill, but also to kind of like as a proof for market. For sure. Yeah. And um, maybe from this campaign um, in the retro perspective, would you suggest or anyone to, to do a Kickstarter? What were your learnings or what did you like your takeaways uh, if someone considers for their own startup to launch a Kickstarter campaign? Mm -hmm. I think Kickstarter is for many physical products a great idea to like double check your like your idea, your business idea. And if you're making something really complicated or software or anything, Kickstarter is probably not the best platform, but for physical products or fashion or whatever, uh, it's definitely cool. It's like, that's a really, really nice platform. I mean, yeah, I'm a really sales driven person. So like every startup I'm coaching or whatever I'm like giving, yeah, whoever I'm giving speeches to, um, sales is actually their thing in the end what makes your business successful. No one cares about nice marketing campaigns or nice branding or whatever, unless if you have in the end zero customers or zero revenue, your whole company sucks. So that's why I think, especially in the beginning of founding a company, generating sales is really, really important to first of all, of course, prove your business model or prove a business yeah, concept, product, whatever. So, cause you can make a hell and tons of research and ask thousands of people, would they buy this for, I don't know, 20 bucks? Um, and everyone is saying, yes, 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 I would buy it or no, I won't. But this data or these statistics, it, they don't matter. I mean, if you can convince, I don't know, 20, 30, 40 people to give you 20, 20 euros cash in your hand for pre-ordering your product, then you definitely have the proof of concept and you definitely know, okay, there's actually someone who's really willing to pay for it and really wants to buy it. And this is the best thing that could happen and the best thing that yeah could prove um, yeah the concept of your product. And this is exactly what Kickstarter is also doing. And that's, that was also for me really important because, I mean, I started the whole company with zero euro. I was completely, yeah. I mean, my, my bank account was more or less completely empty because <laughs> I came back from Denmark and Denmark is really expensive. So I had no money at all. And I didn't definitely didn't want to ask my parents if they give me a few thousand euros for sure or not, because it money was kind of, kind of a funny idea. I had no idea how to fund a business. Why should my parents give me, I don't know, 10,000 euros? Why should they? 
um, they would have never done that actually. So I thought, okay, that's the, the second good thing about Kickstarter. How can I finance the whole production? How can I pre-finance the whole idea, the whole business? And this is also what Kickstarter is doing. You're generating revenue, have it, you have it on your bank account, and then you can make the order with your uh, suppliers. Um, so you have a better cash flow actually. And in the beginning, it's, you, no one would invest in your company. Like when you have no, like it's so hard to generate like money from investors or anything. They they won't invest in your company if you have like no proof at all. Sometimes they do, but. I mean, it's it's a cash flow thing, and when you have zero zero cash on your bank account, you need somehow some money to start it. And Kickstarter is a cool tool to use it, so yeah. I would definitely recommend it. Cool, and uh, like I mean, that's probably something that many people why they don't start actually their business is that they kind of I mean you need money for living and for yeah, food yeah, sure. and for all like <laughs> life expenses. So how did you survive <laughs> during yeah, this? Yeah, I survived because I, I generated revenue from the first minute on. Ah, from okay. the very first minute, more or less. I mean, the time between, I mean, I was still uh, enrolled at the university and I still got some money from, from the, like, you know, kindergarten, I don't know. So also during study times, I mean, your payroll is not that high. Yeah. How much money as a student do you really need? I mean, I don't have children, I don't have a house, I don't have loans, you know? Um, so in the beginning, I mean, my, my own personal payroll was super low. And generating, I don't know, Munich is expensive, but let's say you need, I don't know, a thousand euros, one and a half thousand euros, you will definitely survive as a student. But many, star many startups or many yeah, wannabe founders, I would say, who are like, will to start a company, they don't get the point that you can start selling or start earning money with your idea before actually having it. Because it definitely needs ages or a month until you have your final product. But when you simply switch it around, earn money before you deliver the product, then all of your problems are solved, right? <laughs> so just simply, simply, or it's not so simple as I say, but, um, yeah, but really try to get the cash flow somehow running really early on. Also with pilot customers. I mean, also if you don't have a physical product, it's also possible. Don't make free, like don't work for free with pilot customers. Let them pay you a few hundred euros. I don't know, something. Then you have the proof and you have the cash, you have the cash flow. And then you can pay yourself a little bit of money to survive. Um, it's definitely possible. And I'm, I would say, wow, I'm a, I'm a good example for that. Yeah, that's exactly what we're trying to show in this podcast to, you know, that it's possible. And there is like, I mean, of course, uh, what you just said is not like super, super simple or you have to have passion and a good product mm -hmm. and you have to convince people, which is also um, not yeah. always as easy. And you have to hit kind of a trend uh, with maybe the Definitely. the product yeah. or a need. Um and yeah, but the most important, sorry for interrupting, because um, he said uh, I can I can convince people. That's true. Um, I can convince people to pre-order my products, and the reason why I can do that is communication and design. I would say, because if you have I don't know some skills of making nice renderings, Photoshop skills, whatever, generating cool images of a yeah, product which is not really existing. Then you have 
you generate a lot of trust actually because your images and pictures, whatever, look super cool and the people trust you. If you have a super shitty looking website with like no product images or whatever, no one, of course, will buy it. So that's why I would definitely recommend, yeah, try to hire our, not hire maybe in the beginning, it's expensive to hire, but try to convince a designer friend or communication designer friend who helps you to communicate your products in the best way. So, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> no, I mean, that was actually another question that I had in mind, like um, for the skills that really helped you while starting your business. So you just already mm -hmm. said, like, I mean, some skills that you just had because of your study background and mm -hmm. maybe other skills that you had to learn uh, while walking the path, I would say. Yeah, yeah. What would you say that some other skills that you when you think back of like the last three years that are really helpful to have as a founder? So one, one skill I definitely uh, had or ha still definitely have is, is, yeah, that I'm a really resilient um, person. And that's, in my opinion, the most important skill you need as a founder. Um, and you definitely have to get stronger before you get weaker okay that sounds a bit stupid you should not be afraid of problems and of bigger and bigger and bigger problems um because they will definitely came like they will for sure cross your way for sure your problem there are so many problems on your way and these problems definitely only get bigger i guarantee you that <laughs> um but you really have to yeah Generate as quick as possible the, like a certain kind of strength, um, and a certain kind of resilience, um, to tackle these problems and to actually solve them and to get past these ups and especially these downs. And because they can really, they are definitely really, really tough. And I think I had this or I learned this. I mean, you, you learn that as a child when you go to like sports clubs or, You know, when you have like competitions on, on a football court or on a tennis court, or you know, you always have a kind of a fighting situation. So you have like try to uh, you have your like a clear brain and um, solve yeah problems on a really in a really tough surrounding. And yeah, if you're used to these situations, for example, as a yeah, I don't know, football player or whatever, um, then it's maybe easier. Because you're a bit stronger, you're a bit more resilient. I definitely had, I think I had this power or these strengths from my childhood on. And you definitely, I mean, to, to survive these, these holes, ups and downs and to tackle all these problems. And believe me, really, they're getting bigger and bigger. You really need a strong belief in, in your idea and in yourself. And because sooner or later, you will definitely stand on the edge and say, okay, why am I doing this? Why should I continue? There is no way to get out of this trouble. Um, but if the really, really deep wish of your idea and why you're actually standing up every morning um, is so strong and money is not a reason which get, like drives you through all these problems, for sure not. Like the reason oh, I'm founding because I want to get rich is stupid. You won't, you won't survive for sure. Um, but if you have a strong belief in your, in your idea, then And if you really think that idea it's worth for yeah surviving that, then your idea will definitely come to success. For sure. 
So maybe tell us a bit like about some of your biggest problems that you were facing throughout the last uh, years and how did they then somehow solve themselves or how did you solve them? <laughs> or maybe can you think like maybe there's even right now a problem like, I mean, or just to make it a bit more tangible on like what kind of problems you're facing? Yeah, so I think, I mean, in the beginning of, of funding a company, yeah, you have different, different, way different problems compared to what problems I actually have now. And the, as, as longer your company exists, as more crucial these problems kind of get because you're losing more. Yeah, one and a half years ago, uh, I made my first uh, fundraising round with uh, a few business angels. And that was actually a really, really crucial um, moment because it was the first time that we, yeah, didn't, uh, yeah, survived with sales because we, I mean, we did, but we want to grow faster. So that's why we uh, took business angels on board. And the whole investment process was really, really, really tough. It was right before the Corona crisis started. I mean, some of you maybe remember the day where um, the um, the stock uh, exchange market in, in Germany or in the whole world fell down like hell, like I think like a lot. I think it was in March, 20th of March, I think. Um, and that was actually the point. So my whole and uh, like all, my, all of my angels uh, I generated over the past half year and they signed everything. And there was so much like discussions about the price and the valuation and stuff. It was so exhausting time. And on the day where uh, our notary um, appointment was, the stock exchange crashed completely. And then uh, half of the business angels yeah, skipped, skipped out. Okay, I'm not doing. I'm not doing that investment. And the other investors who actually, let, yeah, still, still were there, said, okay, I wanna, I wanna buy it for the half of the price. And it's like, fuck, this is, this is really drastic. What is happening right now? And if I would have not closed that investment, for sure, my company will, yeah, would have died like a few weeks later, for sure. Um. That was actually a really, really, really tough time for me, um, because you're about. You can actually see. You can see the edge of your journey. You can see when it's. You already have it in your. You know. You you had already have it in, uh, in your. Um, yeah. I don't know. You, you can see it. You can nearly see the end, and if you're right before the end, where folks have let you stay at the notary appointment, um. Then you sometimes think, okay, what would I do? Okay, do I really want to survive and yeah, survive at that company? Or if if I'm not taking this deal two weeks later, I'm bankrupt, you know? And this is these decisions are super, super tough. Um but that's life actually as a founder, <laughs> to be honest. So it's super tough, but you will always get to these edges, you know. The edges where you nearly see your company fall down. Do you have like um, a mentor, or do you have someone you can talk to and consult when when you don't know? <laughs> and, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, I have a f yeah a few really really cool mentors who helped me the whole journey actually, um, because yeah, as I said, I, I have no one in my family or. For my friends who had like who are experienced with these kind of problems, I mean, if I'm talking to my parents, they are always just 
they simply don't know what to do. Uh, they don't have an advice for me, you know, and because it's something completely different what they're doing. But it's 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 a fine um, because I yeah I really yeah in in, in March two thousand eighteen when I started with that idea when I joined the SCE I nearly I would say <laughs> seriously I went on every second networking event in Munich so every day every evening I was on some sort of networking event and that helped me to generate a lot of lot of contacts and a huge really worth for really yeah. A really cool network I actually have and within this network I found a few mentors who helped me from the beginning actually yeah who asked the the correct questions you know because as a, as a founder you're always like in your mind because you have so much things to do and you always stick yeah you're kind of caught in your own brain and because you're hustling a lot and you don't find a second to breathe and you don't find a second to yeah look from from the bird perspective to your company but good mentors actually help you to yeah step step back catch breath and ask the correct questions yeah maybe my f last two questions would be like um so what what are the next uh steps for knister grill like what's what's up uh, what's coming up next um on your journey and then if you have maybe like some tips for for students who also think about becoming an entrepreneur, what would you give them as an advice? The big dream and the big vision of it um, is not only to make yeah, portable grills. The big idea is to get the most sustainable outdoor brand in the whole market. And the main reason also why I founded that, I think I didn't say that at the beginning, that um, is to really have sustainable um, supply chains. And this is, in my opinion, Everyone, like seriously, everyone who's funding a company in these days and initially like producers in China or don't even think about supply chain or local supply chains or sustainability. I think this is first of all stupid in my opinion. Yeah, it's simply what you also have to do as a founder, you're a role model, you're, you can really change the world. I'm really, really picky on, okay, where to actually produce and which quality can we produce. Um, and to make that in a big scale, I don't, I mean, I don't, I can't change the world if I'm producing, I don't know, a few hundred grills and there's no big impact. But if I'm able to convince every disposable grill user, for example, in whole Europe, then I think there is definitely some sort of um, impact. And my wish is to make sustainable consumer goods in a big scale and to have sustainable to have a sustainable supply chain also in a big in a really big scale i think the whole idea is a bit deeper i mean it's not just about disposable grills if my business is successful and it's getting every day more successful i would say and i'm really a role model also for huge billion dollar companies because i i mean of of, <laughs> of course definitely i'm not the same level um but I'm a role model for them, but also I'm a role model or my company is a role model for, for other startups or other companies um, to show, hey, you can definitely have a profitable, successful, big business, even when you make sustainable things. And this is the vision I want to transport. You asked me to give a few, like the, the students, a few advices. I would say simply start. That's the best time 
I would really say it's one of it's the best time in your life um, to start a business. Everyone is saying, yeah, I would like to generate some work experience. And after three or two years, uh, then I make my own business. Yeah, you generate some work experience, but you have no experience about founding your company. So um, you definitely don't have that knowledge. So simply try to start as early as possible. And the good thing about starting in a young age is... Um, that you really can't lose anything. The worst thing that could happen is that you have to look for a job afterwards. That's the worst thing. Come on, looking for a job after you fucked up the company. That's a good thing, actually. That's the worst thing that could happen. I mean, you're not bankrupt and you're not dying, you know? Um, so simply start it. There's nothing to lose and it's the best time because, yeah, I mean, you are probably, most of you don't have family or don't have loans or anything. So start with your idea and, and if you really believe in it, it's definitely going to be successful. Thank you, Caro. Thank you so much for <laughs> your passion that really swiped over and also for your mission uh, with your business. I truly appreciate it. And um, thanks for your time. Uh, it was great to talk to you. Thanks a lot. And yeah, cool, cool podcast. And I hope um, yeah, everyone loved or liked uh, a bit uh, to listen um, to my thoughts and to my visions. And yeah, I'm happy to help. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs> this was Five, your university podcast on female entrepreneurship. We hope that today's episode sparked your curiosity and leaves you feeling inspired and motivated to explore further. Follow us on Spotify, Deezer, iTunes, or Google Podcast to never miss upcoming insights on inspiring startup stories. Thanks for listening, and until next time.